Before we begin, please note that none of the information in this episode constitutes a recommendation, solicitation, or offer by Galaxy Digital or its affiliates to buy or sell any securities. Hello, and welcome to Future Proof, digital assets for the modern financial advisor, brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein. We have a great discussion ahead for you today, seeking to answer, when is the right time to buy into Bitcoin? And I can think of no better people to answer that question than my two guests today. Mike Novogratz is the founder and CEO of Galaxy Digital, and was previously a founder and president of Fortress Investment Group. And Bill Miller, who hardly needs any introduction, is the founder and CIO of Miller Value Partners. He previously co-founded the Leg Mason Capital Fund, which he managed for more than three decades and established himself as one of the preeminent value investors. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. We have 20 minutes on the clock, so let's get started. Bill, the first question goes to you. Many of the folks listening to this webcast may not know that you are a Bitcoin investor, so tell us, when did you first buy into Bitcoin and why? Uh, and thanks, thanks for having me. And it's it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I I got involved in Bitcoin. My recollection, I'm going to memory here, was around 2013. I think it was trading at around 200 bucks or so, which is where I started buying it. And then um, it uh, it ran up. And going on memory here, to around 11 or 1200, and then on the Mount Gox, uh, Mount Gox then collapsed the the, uh, the exchange. And it collapsed all the way back down to 200 again in in, uh, in 2014, and uh, and I began to buy it again, and so uh, I bought it up to probably around 500 bucks a share. My average cost is I think around 300 dollars a share. Okay, and uh, so our our theme today is why was that the right time to get in? So 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 why. <laughs> You, you know, certainly when you first got in, um, but then also when you bought back, why, why, why did you feel those were the right times? Well, Bitcoin, Bitcoin has been, as, as you may know, an, an extraordinary uh, uh, performer among, if we call it a digital gold or, or among cryptocurrencies, uh, basically ever since it came out. And so I came to it relatively late compared to when it first came out. But my, my thought then was it was a really interesting technological experiment. And uh, because of the nature of what it was trying to do, it had many different ways to win. And my view was that if it actually, if any of those various things became a currency, became a payment system, if it became an alternative uh, and a non-correlated asset, uh, any of those things, much less all of them, would lead to a a very dramatic move in the uh, the underlying price. And that was that was also helped along by the fact that it's limited. uh, It's limited to 21 million bitcoins. So the and it's decentralized, and it's not able to be tampered with or debased. So my view was the distribution. There was a huge, you know, uh, right skew, and with anything, you can only lose a hundred percent of what you, of what you may, of what you invested. So my view was I could make a hundred times my money. I could make a thousand times, maybe more than that, and I can only lose, you know, a hundred percent. So I, I did it as a technological experiment, and and to give me a giving a rooting interest in it, and it's, uh, it's and I still have it. I haven't sold a haven't sold a Bitcoin. All right. Well, Mike, you first bought into Bitcoin back in about 2012. You said. Um, I, I think I, I, I might be, be billed by a few months. 
It was trading at $98. Oh, wow. $98. Well, it's, uh, you made quite a return in that time. Um, so what was your thought process? So I worked at Fortress at the time and I ran a macro fund and macro investors are speculators, right? We kind of try to hear stories and look at charts and try to sense where trends go. Um, and you remember 2012, we had the European financial crises. And so Bernanke was, you know, QE1, QE2. We were, we were inflating, allegedly inflating the the world away. Of course, the inflation never came, but at that point, there was a real fear of inflation. And so I got a call from a partner, uh, you know, I think patient zero in Bitcoin is a guy named Wences Casares. He seems to have been the first guy that told people about Bitcoin, almost everyone I know. And he had beaten my partner, uh, Pete Brigger, over the head, uh, Bitcoin. I was the currency guy at the firm. Pete called me up. He said, what do you think about this? And so I looked into it and I thought, here's a really interesting asset. It's a cool technology. There's a social experiment going on. And at that point, you know, there was such anti-government feeling from the financial crises and this European financial crisis. And people really worried about inflation. So I thought, you know, the inflation warriors, the live off the grid people, the people that didn't trust the government, the cypherpunks, and the Chinese were buying it. And so I thought, here, here's a perfect speculative asset. And so I bought it as a speculative asset. I remember going to a thousand and wanting to sell it just because I made 10 times my money real fast. And my partner, Pete, screaming at me and say, we're not selling it. We're not selling it. And, and, uh, and even though we bought it individually, I ended up not selling it. And it went all the way back to 200. And, you know, interesting, almost the same timeline with, with Bill. By the time I started looking at it again, uh, to add to it, you know, and, and right after I had left Fortress, um, I could already tell, you know, in those two years, there was a, a, a shift, right? The, the whole crypto field was feeling very revolutionary. People were going to, you know, going to dis disrupt almost every business, right? We were going to have this decentralized revolution. And that gave Bitcoin the next big uh, push, you know, that went all the way to 20,000, what I'll call the bubble of 17. Uh, and so it's interesting. It's been, it's played out in these chapters, uh, but you know, Bitcoin has survived and with each year, more and more people are participating. And so this social construct where we all start believing it has value and that it does have value. Uh, it's pretty cool. Mike, um, Bill mentioned that, uh, you know, one, one of his, uh, one of his reasonings, um, for getting into Bitcoin was that there were so many different ways that it could win. When you got in at $98, were you thinking of it as purely investment? Were you thinking of it as currency? How did you think it was going to turn out? So I was thinking of it purely as a speculative asset. And I'm like, you know, macro investors are really speculative. Like, it's like okay, this thing is going higher. I don't care if I'm trading sticks or gold or coffee or stocks. Uh, for all these different reasons, I saw why the sentiment would go higher. You know, it's funny, as I dug in more and more, I made the mistake of actually, maybe that wasn't a mistake, of talking about it, and, and next thing you know, I was in the press, and then I had to actually learn more about it, because once you're on TV, people, you know, they might ask you questions you don't know, so I really started digging in and digging in, and the more I dug to understand it deeper, the more I thought, wait, this is actually going to be pretty revolutionary, uh, and so I went from owning it as a speculative asset to really owning it as an investment. Uh, knowing that it's going to have cycles. And so I still trade it. Like when it was way up in 17, I sold lots of stuff because it just felt like things were going insane. Um, 
right now I'm actually more confident owning Bitcoin than I have been in almost any time in the last three, four years. Uh, there, I, I see more and more adoption coming. I see institutional players coming. I see the the, the wealth that the uh, financial advisor community starting to have a lot of interest in it. And so, as we have adoption and we have a macro story, right? We've got uh, the Fed printing money, uh, the Treasury issuing more and more, you know, Treasury bills that the Fed buys. Like there's this perfect debasement story where digital gold really. Uh, feels like it's got a place in your portfolio. Well, you mentioned financial advisors. That's who uh, that's who's listening today. So let's talk to them a little bit. And our question of the day that we're seeking to answer is when is the right time to buy into Bitcoin? So Mike, talking about right now, what are the current market conditions communicate to financial advisors who are looking to put their clients into Bitcoin? Listen, I think you're you're seeing institutional adoption, and that's a big deal, right? Uh, up until now, Bitcoin's probably been 98% retail, plus Bill Miller and a few other, <laughs> you know, intrepid souls who have put it in their fund. Um, but it has been a retail uh, product, and now you've got Paul Tudor Jones, who is who has put it into his hedge fund, the first major hedge fund. Uh, you know, in the macro space, that has done that. I got a call last night from one of the biggest hedge funds in the world who wants to hire a. a a portfolio manager for crypto. And so I think in the next 12 months, you're going to see the hedge fund world get into it. Um, and you're seeing, like I said, we've now put in place custody with places like Fidelity and the New York Stock Exchange is backed uh, where people are feeling safer about the bet. So they know if they make the bet uh, uh, and, and it goes up, they're not going to have lost their money because somebody got hacked or they were in some fly-by-night institution. And so the 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 the, the pieces are in place now for people to feel safe making the bet. And, you know, we're seeing it. And so I think now is the time, mostly because we've got this macro story, right? I mean, this is a once in a generational macro story where we're running 20% budget deficits. Uh, you know, we've done that one other time in the history, and that was World War II. Um, and, you know, it's hard to see what gets us out of this thing without printing more and more money and having some inflationary impulse down the road. And so hard assets should do well. Um, Bitcoin, gold, silver. So now, I guess my, 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 my short answer is now is the time. Bill, what do you think? Is now the time? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Mike hit most of, the, most of the key things. But, you know, where I come from in this is that, you know, for most assets that you, that you buy, especially that the, your FAs are putting in client accounts, you know, the more they go up in price, uh, the, the, the less value there is uh, to be extracted out of it and the riskier it becomes. And Bitcoin is in the unusual position of being almost the exact opposite of that. It was very risky when it was trading at a dollar or five dollars or, or ten dollars. I think it could have easily disappeared. But at the current, you know, at the, at the current price in the, in the high nine thousands, uh, with, with the, all the venture money that's gone into it, with, as Mike said, the institutional interest with some of the some of the big player, big name players he talked about, Ray Dalio and, and Paul Tudor Jones getting interested. I think I think it's 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 reached a stage right now where it's actually much safer than it ever has been before. So that's sort of point one. Point two is that that if you don't have it, then any time is the right time to have it because of that, you know, that that big potential right tail which still exists out on on Bitcoin in, in ways that other other assets don't don't have unless you have some brand new revolutionary, you know, technology coming along. 
but but with 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 Bitcoin, what I find interesting is I don't see why an FA would not advise all of their clients, any one of their clients, to put one percent of their liquid assets in Bitcoin. So again, the most you could ever lose is one percent, and you know the and the stock market was up one percent, you know, uh, ten minutes ago when I was, you know, when I was looking at it, and it's been down one percent. So. I think if you put one percent in there, you, you you have very little risk of any harm to your financial condition, but uh, the uh, the potential to dramatically increase that. And I'll just end on saying, you know, if if you look at what Ray Dalio believes, which is that we're we're going to have a new paradigm shift in the overall, you know, global global macro position, and that may include or may may trigger a significant increase in gold. And, and Paul Tudor Jones has a general view of that. My view is that if in any environment where gold works. Bitcoin works far, far better than gold um, because it's infinitely divisible. It can be sent at virtually no cost, and it's got all the characteristics that gold doesn't gold doesn't have. So, you know, it used to be the case when I was when I was early in the in this uh, in this business, people would say, and this was you know back in the you know back in the in the seventies and early eighties, and people were you know talking about putting five percent of your assets in gold because it's a you know it's a hedge. It's like an insurance policy in case. Inflation comes back again, as it you know, as it as it as it did in the in the 1970s. And I would say that if that's if that's a sensible thing to do, then then certainly to have one or two percent of your assets in in Bitcoin uh, makes makes great sense here. Mike, do you uh, do you agree with that one or two percent of your assets? Uh, what what would you recommend? Yeah, we we that that's in general what we recommend one to two percent of people's assets. Uh, you know, listen, I have a lot more of my assets, but I bought it cheaper, and so and I I spent a lot of my life you know involved in the uh, in the business. Uh, the the other thing I'd add though to what Bill said, and I think he 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 nailed it, is that Bitcoin's been difficult to buy. Uh, it's been difficult emotionally for people to buy. They don't want to look stupid. It's been difficult to buy because you had to set up a wallet or a, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden we're making it easier to buy. And so if it wasn't difficult to buy, the price would be a whole lot higher. And so why Bitcoin is a turbocharged gold is it's got the same micro story, but it doesn't have near the adoption gold has right now. Right? Anyone who wants to buy gold calls their broker. They can buy gold ETF, a gold future, gold. And this is all new for Bitcoin. And so what I think the real opportunity is in the next three to five years, uh, as access and, and, and ease of, of purchasing, it gets, gets built out. And that's what's happening right now. And so the first guys win are going to do better. The first guys in will do better. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just add one thing. Is I think it was, it was Mike or, or some of his colleagues at, at maybe, maybe Pete, who lobbied um, Bloomberg to get actually a Bitcoin price on the Bloomberg machine, and I, I think that made a big difference because people it was hard for people to get get a quote on it without you know checking with Coinbase or something like that, and so I, I think that was a big thing in terms of adoption and following, and, and I think Mike's a hundred percent right that there will be very easy ways to buy Bitcoin in the next several years. You'll have you'll have ETFs and you'll you'll probably have you know the ability to purchase it. It'd be at least at least as easy to purchase as gold, and having that probably as many different instruments uh, as as gold does. Bill, um, as a uh, as a value investor, you uh, you've you've made a name for yourself for for buying at the right time. So um, for the FA who's looking at Bitcoin, looking to make a decision, they've decided yes, you know, I I, I do want to put my clients into Bitcoin. I want to do it now. 
does now mean today or how, you know what should they be looking at over say a, a two week period for to find really that right moment to to pull the trigger well i, I don't know that one can at least certainly i can't predict the price over over a couple of weeks you know what's happened to bitcoin i'll just say in the past you know call it you know several weeks to a month is that the volatility has uh, has come way in on it and uh so it's it's, it's been historically extraordinarily Volatile, and that's you know that's that's been calming down in the last you know in the last several weeks. My my general view is any type of asset is always more attractive at lower prices than at higher prices, <laughs> except that Bitcoin might be, you know might might be the exception exception to that because because of the volatility when it starts to break down. I think it went down, you know, fifty percent uh, not not long ago. But my 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 view is I think uh, as long as you've got it positioned properly in your in your clients' accounts, and so they understand the risk, they understand the potential reward uh, in it, uh, they've got an appropriate time horizon. I, I think it would be foolish to take an asset with this kind of potential for the average retail client and have them try and trade around it, because I, I think that would probably that would probably cause them to lose all their money. In fact, uh, Mike mentioned uh, uh, Wences, who, who's a, you know, I've known Wences for, you know, I don't know, it's probably 2013 or so, and and one of the things that that he always said was when people would ask him about Bitcoin, and he would say, "I want you to buy it, but don't ever sell it, don't ever <laughs> trade it, because if you trade it, you're going to trade out of it, and then you're going to be without a position in it, and you're not going to get back in except at much higher prices." And he said, and when when he when because he had, he was at the time able to see what their clients were doing, and the ones that were trading inevitably did poorly, and the ones that just held it did well. Mike, I'll give you uh, the final word as we're starting to run out of time here. Yeah, listen, I, I think Bill is right, especially if you're looking at this as a multi-year, you know, investment. Um, I would say that you know we've been in this low volatility for six weeks or so, and I, if Bitcoin gets, and I think it will get above ten thousand, ten thousand two hundred, relatively soon. Uh, once that happens, it wouldn't surprise me if the next move to fourteen thousand is very quick. You know, often it, it consolidate, 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 and you break into a new range. And all of a sudden, a lot of the hedge funds that haven't bought it yet, and people will will chase the market up. And so, I don't see the enthusiasm going away this year. You know, there have been other times when it comes and goes, and uh, but I look at the macro environment, not just in the U.S., but in Europe, in Japan, in China, the electron, the electoral uncertainty that we have in this country, where you have this, you know, unbelievably chaotic few month period. And so it just feels like the the ingredients are all there for this to continue to be a good story. Well, if it's going to be unbelievably chaotic in the in the next few months, um, given the past few months, I can only imagine what's ahead of us. Um, well, we are running out of time. Our question today was, when is the right time to buy into Bitcoin? And the answer from both uh, Bill Miller and Mike Novogratz is right now. I think I think that's uh, that that's the word that that we're hearing from the two of you, uh, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, to our listeners, thank you for being with us today. We will be back in two weeks with Steve Kurtz of Galaxy and Matthew Brown, founder and CEO of Case Group, to discuss how should you access Bitcoin for your clients. This podcast is a production of Financial Advisor IQ, a service of the Financial Times, and is brought to you by Galaxy Fund Management. My name is Jonathan Bronstein, and I produced and edited this podcast. Our music is written and performed by Oliver Mack. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and have a great day.